Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, welcome everyone to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, episode number 13, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If? It's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'm the media manager here at the Rabbitohs, joined by two of the legends of the club, Shannon Donato and Mark Ellison. How are we, gentlemen? I'm well. I'm well. I just I wasn't sure did you were talking to me. Did I shock you with that question? <laughs> no, you shocked me with calling me a legend. <laughs> I thought, who's he talking about? Well, I was a bit uh, the same. <laughs> I thought, I thought Big Dave would walk in behind us. I'm very well, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Yeah, so am I, Jeremy. Uh, lovely week up. Weekend up there uh, in Brisbane for the mm. obviously the magic round and Shannon Shannon seemed to enjoy it a lot more than we did. He had uh, <laughs> yeah yeah there was a lot of footy for him I think but anyway stimulating no, but, the local economy <laughs> that's doing my part. No but the atmosphere up there was just magnificent. Yeah. Um, you know even. Yeah, you might not have picked it up on the TV, but there was a Mexican wave during our game that went for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And it um, it's funny. I think the game lost a little bit of purpose there for 10 minutes while I was on. You, you were there, Shannon, obviously. Yep. You probably didn't even notice it. You're <laughs> probably in the bar somewhere, but that's okay. <laughs> I kicked it off, actually. I it. <laughs> but, you know, Shannon it, got up to do the wave. His seat folded up and he fell down. <laughs> <laughs> Through the grandstand into the dressing room. <laughs> it was good to see Wayne again. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when the bomb scare went off too. <laughs> no, no, really great innovation from from the NRL. I know we did it a few years back, and it was was stopped by COVID. But you know, the players love it. The fans do. I mean, what a great what a great way to spend a weekend. I I was. Uh, you know, I saw a guy in the foyer at the Sofitel where we stayed, and he was down from Rockhampton. He just come up and started talking to me, old Rabbitoh supporter. And he just said, I'm down for three days of the footy. He said, how good is it? I can go watch, you know, every game there. And Suncorp just holds the atmosphere in. It does. Um, and it's, you know, it was a great weekend. It's interesting you bring up the Mexican wave. We've actually got some footage on our social media this week of the players on the bench getting involved in it. I think it was... Uh, really? Yeah, I think it was uh, Junior, Paddy Mago and Harme Sele. <laughs> and they were concentrating on the game and then they watched it and it came around behind them and as it came past, they all went, Wayne will be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. It was good to see him get... Uh, Get involved in it, and how, how was your magic round? It was fantastic. It was magic. It was really, really good. Every everybody comes to town. It's a you know it's a party atmosphere, but of course there's still two points at stake. So there's still the um, hard edge and the and the interest in the game, which is fantastic. But uh, just bringing the whole rugby league community, meeting Rabbitohs members and supporters from absolutely everywhere, yeah. um, was great. We had a signing session at the hotel at the Sofitels where the team stayed in Brisbane, and we had hundreds. They were they were stacked outside of the hotel and down the road, and the players were fantastic. They signed every single signature, made sure nobody missed out. But just the atmosphere of the weekend was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Just, just going on to that signing thing, Shannon, there's a few other clubs stayed with us in the hotel, and I think um, some of their staff and admin staff just saw it there. I saw them taking photos of mm. it. 
Uh, so it really stood us out uh, amongst how we look after our members and our supporters. And uh, as you know, we like to look after them because they look after us so well. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed they do, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, get on to our first topic, something that you've learnt this week. We'll start with you, Ella. Um, I learnt that we're back on the on the horse, Jez, after we fell off the week before. There was still a lot of things we've got to improve on, but, um, you know, the first half of the game we were dominant and Jaden got taken off the field and for a sin bin. Um, yeah, one of many for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but that... that those things don't tend to take it out of you just at the, at that stage. They tend to get you later in the match, particularly when you haven't got a lot of football. And in that period in the second half where they got to 20 to 16 behind, we didn't have a lot of football and the boys really, really dug in mm. and then turn it around. Mm. Um, so, you know, that game was in the balance in the second half and, you know, I learnt that we've still got that resilience in us. I, I always knew we did, but it was out there for everyone to see on the weekend, mm. which is good. And, um, yeah, can't wait for this weekend. Yeah. Hello, can I just ask you about the game on the weekend? I know we try not to keep it too serious, but uh, in the fair income stakes, um, they came back at us a bit, the Sharks, and I, I felt like a, a, we were definitely on top in that first half, and we probably could have and should have put them to the sword. Obviously, it's only week 10, and we've got the finals coming up. Um, what, what's what's everyone's thoughts? What's yours and Wayne's thoughts on that? That You know, we, we, we're doing enough to win, and it's great that we can stretch ourselves when we need to, but, um, you know, the thoughts on putting the teams to the sword. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point, Shannon. And, and, you know, it'd be nice to do it, but the two points, as you said, was a major thing coming out of it. Now, there's been a lot of disruption in our team over the last month. Yes, okay. True. Very true. The other thing, the other thing we've had is, if you ask other teams if they're going to travel away, travel away, not within Sydney, but yep. interstate yep. or you know down to Canberra, which is a fair trip in itself, yep. with you know a dismantled team each week and just pulling them all together, winning three out of four without Latrell Mitchell in the team and Cameron mm. Murray in the team and others as well, Josh Mansour, Campbell Graham. Has been a really, really good effort, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think once we get our squad back together, and nothing against the guys that have, that have come in, they've done a great job for us. Yep. And that's that's what happens. I mean, we're, the the thing with us this year, you, we've got great depth in our squad, but you don't want to have to test that depth all in the in the one game and yes. having seven seven of your top liners out. You know, yeah. so you, you know the ideal world, you might get an injury here and there. You might have one one of your top names out, and one of the other guys comes in. And it's all seamless. Yes. But we've yeah, we've had our spine change. We've had Cody move to fullback. Benji come in with Renault. We've had Dino play with you know, as well. And yep. you know, so yeah, it's been uh, a dismantled month for us with, with players, but um the signs are good what we've got a few players coming back this week. Obviously Latrell, Josh Mansour come come into the team. Um so I think we'll start getting that better feeling amongst us that we can go on and do that job in games. Yep, yep. Because we showed it before this last month that we yep. can do it. Uh, and I'm, yeah, yeah, it'd be a good test this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fair yeah. point. It is a fair point. But the big thing at the start of the year, if you ask us after 10 rounds, we've won eight games, 
Everyone's going to take that. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. Eight after yeah. ten. And, and as you said, it's been disjointed. And as I said, it's only round ten. I think, um, you know, Wayne and, and even us, we've proven over the last couple of years, you know, it's most important that you're playing your good footy going into the finals. You don't want to be peaking in round ten. You want to be peaking in round 25 and heading into the finals. So yeah. uh, plenty of time to um, get all the players back and and start putting sides to the sword. The old saying, you don't win it in May, but you can lose it in May. Yeah, very true, very true. And as you said, you know, three or four with all of our guns out and they're all starting to come back. That's um, very promising. I've got to apologise. I shouldn't have asked a serious question. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) I I apologise for asking a rugby league question. Um, I thought you must have been hungry or something. (laughs) (laughs) Finding it hard to concentrate today. (laughs) Very good. What did you learn this week, Shannon? I learned that the people of Dubbo are just gagging for us to get out there. They're getting texts, emails, phone calls. We're getting photos of the towns just lit up, you know, in all the shop windows. There's Rabbitohs signs and houses dressed. There's street banners and uh, the flags the council have put up. I don't know if anybody, you guys have been to Dubbo. I think you have, Jez, quite I a few have. times. Yeah. I have. Have you ever played rugby there? I have. I have, yeah, on a couple oh, of occasions. Yeah. At yeah, Apex yeah. Oval, actually, and thank you for bringing that up, Shannon, <laughs> because there was one uh, game where I played against the Dubbo Rhinos. They used to be called the Dubbo Old Boys. It was a, a hard-fought third-grade game of, of uh, where there was only three grades in the competition. <laughs> and you were lucky and to make uh, that third. I was lucky to make third grade, yeah, but I was the tight head prop and it was a... Had seven uh, injuries that week. <laughs> a hard-fought 35-minute half game. <laughs> we're into the 68th minute and I'd, I'd had a big game. I'd had about two runs and <laughs> a couple of lifts in line-outs. And I was seagulling out in the centres and it was somewhere between 15 and 50 metres out. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. The story's changed over the years, but somewhere within that gap and I've got the ball in the centres. And I looked out to my winger, and he would have easily scored. And I had a couple of blokes in front of me, and I thought, you're not getting this ball, mate. <laughs> I just tucked it under the wing, charged over, scored the try. One of my good mates from uni was actually playing for Dubbo Rhinos that day, and he was one of the guys that tried to tackle me. So as I've got up to, after scoring this try to celebrate, I see him, and I give him the big <laughs> hug like from the other team. So I'll be looking forward to regaling uh, the 11,000-plus people at Apex Oval <laughs> with that story on uh, Sunday afternoon. That'll be great pre-game entertainment. Just <laughs> I, I might actually it reenact it. I might reenact it. <laughs> I thought you might have done the post-try celebration like Joy Arrow on the weekend. Yeah. How good was that one? <laughs> that that was, was a beauty. That was a beauty. That was very good. The two things I've learnt this week, and it ties into both of yours. Number one, Ello, you mentioned Latrell before. I've uh, learnt he's no good at watching footy. He's very good at playing it, but he's no good at watching it. He was the most excited man at full time last week up at Suncorp Stadium. He was jumping around, I'm back next week, I'm back. <laughs> like he was that pumped. <laughs> he, was... he was itching again before the game too. Yeah. It's funny, you, like, you get there and you you know, you just have a look around the room, what's going on. He's out there, he's sort of doing stretches as if he's going to play and things like that. But, well, yeah, it all got, yeah, all got a bit too much for him. Uh, <laughs> very good. Very good. The other thing I've learned, and, and on to the Dubbo stuff, is is it's a massive logistical effort to put on games outside of your regular stadium venue. So we're, we're blessed to have the crew out at Stadium Australia, which we've, we've worked with for, what, over 15 years now. Yep. 
um, to help us put games on and, and all the thing, all the infrastructure and all that stuff that's in place when you play at a fantastic venue like that. And when you take a game away to a venue like Apex Oval, which has never hosted an NRL game before, um, and as you say, everybody's excited, everyone wants to make sure it's an absolutely top-notch event, everything that goes into putting that on and all the little things that you realise that people from Venues Live do for you just as part of the the weekly run um, that you then need to organise for yourself or, or with the Dubbo Regional Council. And they've done an absolutely fantastic job in the lead-up to this game. But I've got to give Alexis Mavrantonis from our staff a wrap because she's done such a great job in pulling everything together with a, a council um, that is doing this for the first time in an NRL game. And I think she's done a fantastic job and it's going to be a great event out there on Sunday. Yeah, great great point, Jez. It is a, is a lot of work. People sit in the grandstand, see a game of football and don't realise that it's been months in planning. Yeah. You know, traffic management plans, yeah. the Asian Council, all of those kind of things, state government. But yeah, Lex, Lex does a great job. Uh, we're very, very, very fortunate to have such a such a good team here. And the reason we do it, of course, is to spread the Rabbitohs gospel. Yeah. You know, we, we, we know that we've got members and supporters all around Australia and, you know, we're one of the few clubs that have such a big and diverse membership base, so it's incumbent on us to support them with these games across regional centres and Dubbo, Mudgee, of course, Sunshine Coast, even the Central Coast, you know, we, yeah. we work really hard to ensure that all of our members get a crack at seeing their seeing their Rabbitohs in action and um, I'm very proud of the team, including yourself, Jez, you're the ground announcer and you've got a lot more experience than some of the people in the team and you're just helping to point out things they need to consider and I just you know we're very blessed to have such a committed and diligent team here at the Rabbitohs. Yeah now we're all looking forward to getting out there now let's get on to our first top four topic for the more uh, for the morning and tying in with the the Dubbo theme is our top four players that that you two have played with that are from the bush. We might start with you Shannon. All right. Well, speaking of a, of Dubbo and great players from the bush, how can you go past Les Davidson, Bundy? He was my number one too. Yeah, there. yeah. He's great guy. He's going to be out there at the game, of course. Uh, he's coming out. He'll be doing some stuff on field. And uh, Les Davidson, I admired him as a kid and had the pleasure of playing with him once I once I came to first grade. And just to see him hit and the fear. You'd often a bloke like Des, you think it's good to sidle up next to him and be the defender next to him because Les is going to protect you. But it's actually you end up doing twice as many tackles because when they're running at Les and they see Les, they step away and they step to the left or right and they. It's the next defender that does all the tackling because nobody wants to run it, run it, Les. So Les Davidson, one of the renowned hard men, hard men of our game, and uh, had to had to put him in. Uh, another Dubbo local uh, is Peachy, but not David Peachy. His uncle Mick. His uncle Mick came down here, played here at South, had a fantastic preseason. I think he came down and trialed, and by the end of the preseason. He started in round one. He was a big, robust sort of Dean Witters kind of build, and he was a five-eight Mick. And um, after about, he started in round one after starting in the trials. And now this is sort of early nineties. Um, he, after about six games, he was leading. For, he was the Rabbitohs' highest Dally M point scorer. He and he was doing okay overall in the Dally M's. And then all of a sudden, as sometimes Curry blokes do, he just sort of went, got homesick. Went walkabout and just didn't come back. Just didn't come back. I, I don't know whether it was city life that he didn't like, or you know the the the, the commitment and 
uh, sometimes onerous obligations of rugby league. And I know he just loved playing rugby league. He was just the most natural. You think of like Cody and Latrell, that kind of player. He's a different build, as I said, built like Dean Winters, but just a naturally gifted footballer was was uh, Mick Peachy, Uncle Mick Peachy. And then um, a guy from Orange, uh, Mick Estini, uh, very tough front rower. Uh, Australian schoolboy too, I believe. Uh, came out of the St. Greg system. Um, I won't talk about his couple of years at East, but when he came here at South, he was just a young forward who was ripping and tearing. And I uh, had the pleasure of running into to Mick Estini up at the Gold Coast recently. He's in the Justice Hooney camp and the Jaya Pataya camp, helping those guys out. He owns a couple of gyms on the Central Coast. Mick doing very well for himself and his lovely wife, Belinda. Um, and Mick still looks like he's fit enough to play. And when he played, he was fit and he was tough and he was strong. So there was Mick Estini from um, Orange. And the final one is one I've mentioned here before is Peter Driscoll from Corindai. He's a very, very underrated player. Snowy-headed um, second rower. Two times Australian. Pagedred boy. Pagedred boy, of course. That's the best thing about him. Um, <laughs> you know, he came in on his south side when we were struggling and he was a young second rower, but he would just, you know, I've heard uh, LA talk about Mick Andrews and you might mention him again, but he had a lot of Mick Andrews about him. He uh, wasn't wasn't a great trainer, but was on game days, he would just put it all together. He'd do 50 tackles a game. And he's from Corindai, just outside of Tenworth. So, yeah, my fours are great. Les Davidson from Dubbo, Mick Peachy from Dubbo, Mick Estini from Orange and Peter Driscoll from Corindai. Very good. Over to you, Ella. Well, Davo is the one that comes to mind for me too, so we, we cross over there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's it's apt that we're going to play in Dubbo, Dubbo this week. Um, you know, just a special cheer out of Kyle Turner, who's from out that way. He's going to be there. I spoke to him yesterday. He's coming out with a continuum of his family and friends out to the game, which is great. Um, you know, a big, big Les when he came down here. Like, everyone thinks Les Davison was this big Adonis and this massive frame man but Les came down from Dubbo he'd have probably been 85 kilos when he first came yeah, down yeah right and you know he was this tall rangy I was 85 kilos once yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. when I was yeah. when I was about 11 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, was... <laughs> 11 uh, months yeah <laughs> <laughs> he won't even give us a chance to bag him. <laughs> he beats he's, giving it, he's giving it to himself. Yeah. You're going to put your wife out of a job there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, he, he came down and, you know, he got in the gym. Like, back in those days when we first started playing, I'd never lifted a weight. and I don't think many of us had, and we started getting involved in it about that, you know, mid-80s. So let's put on a few. But Les wouldn't wouldn't have got any probably bigger than 95k in his whole career but he just he just had that aura about him he had he had an intimidating streak in him because of what he'd done on the field but you, as you say mate you ran on the field with Les Davison and you know you just thought well, well no one's going to come near us yeah. today because he'll look after everyone you know and he yep. did and he had some solid backup in you know in Roberts and yeah, guys like that, Lindsay Johnson back in the day too. So, but you know, yeah, you know, the greatest thing to say about Les Davison is what a gentleman he is yeah. off the field. You know, just he's a really, uh, you know, magnificent family man. He's raised some great kids with his with his lovely wife Kristen, and um, you know, he, he's done a lot for rugby league outside of it too. And he loves to come back and help out with the old boys, guys. He he went up for the trip for young Jake, and that with all the crew. He's um. He's just a man that, 
loves rugby league and still wants to give back to it. And it was a, was a pleasure to play with him. Yeah. It's amazing to think about that. You say he would have been no bigger than 95 kilos. Then you got guys like Tom Burgess that are weighing in at 120 plus. Yeah. The junior Paulos of the world that can destroy the way Les did. But, what, 30 kilos lighter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and amazing. Wingers that size. I... I had the fortune, fortunate enough to live next door to Jim Morgan, who was famous rabbitos and Australian front row, a tough bloke. I remember him telling stories about playing against these big poms. He'd say, "Oh, you know, these big front row, Cliffy Watson over a hundred kilos," and he not not bragging, but you know, just talking about how tough some of his opponents were. And um, hundred kilos, every centre and wing is a hundred kilos. Yeah, now. they can run hundred meters in almost eleven seconds. You know. Yeah, there wouldn't yeah. be many players in a team these days under 100. Yeah. In any yeah. position, probably your halves. and There wouldn't be anyone in this room under 100, Jess. Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> not this century. <laughs> under, under 140 of us, yeah. Oh, Very good. Three to go, Ella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I've got six. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, no. no you mentioned Mick Andrews. Uh, you know, Mick, Mick came down from Nambucca Heads uh, back when in the President's Cup. Um, and he came down, he trialed. He, he had a bit of a shocker in his trial. He's the first to admit it. And uh, everyone's sort of thought, oh, who's this bloke? Where's he? Because he came down the last couple of trials. He hadn't been training with us. And he, yeah, the first game fitting in, he didn't know anyone. And, but then the next game, he showed a lot and made the squad. And. You know, it's funny these country guys. It's a magnificent like because he'd come down. He's sort of living on his own and that. I said, "Well, come over, come over for dinner." Yeah, you know, I was still living at home at the time. I was only eighteen, nineteen, um, and he come over for dinner. And we, you know, once a week, we're going to have a beer after training now and again. And anyway, we're, we're game three into the Presidents Cup, and Bull Gorman was our coach back then. Great man, Bull. Yeah, and, and we, it's on the Thursday night. Um, you know, and I've I've got on really well. I've known Mick really well. And anyway, on the Thursday night, Bull Gorman says, oh, we're going to have to play without Mick Andrews this weekend. I well, why is that? Well, he's going home to get married. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't told you. He hadn't told me. He hadn't told me. Uh, didn't, didn't even know he had a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know much more about him. You know, I was starting, uh, to, starting to question a few things, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not mentioned his girls. Oh, very and, uh, good. Yeah, so and then he, yeah, so and then you know we, you know we had a great sort of career together, Mick and I. And he's, um, he just used to be one of those guys. You know, it wasn't the best trainer, but he actually was the best trainer. He was doing it as good as he could because that's how they could perform out in the field. Yeah, but they couldn't keep up with with certain other things that other players did. But when it came game day, it was just he was everywhere. You know, great defender. Went on to captain the club. Um, yep. And, you know, you judge your teammates. Like I said, pleasure to play with Les Davis. A pleasure to have him next year when you're playing there because it's, mm. uh, it's a tough arena out there and you want you want the best people next year. And, and in that, in those two guys, you, you did have you know, yeah, some absolutely. of the best, you know. Yeah, um, and continues to serve the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's member a, member board, board, heavily yeah, involved yeah. with the, the Past Players Association. Often Fantastic comes, Often comes down to training and catches up with the boys, you know. Yeah. And the, one thing I notice about Mick, he, he comes down often after a loss. You know, and hoping, you know, you can sort of, I think, help sort of lift the boys yeah. to say hello and things like that, yep. you know. 
Um, so I think he's aware of that sort of mentality, and he, you know, that's that's a great contribution yeah. that he gives. Yeah, and that is the kind of bloke he is. Mm. It's you know, having worked with him on the Old Boys Association and on the board as well, he'll often do the things that um, you know no no one gets any credit for, but they're the things he likes to do. Yeah. All he wants is this club to be successful. Mm. He just loves his club, mm. and he'll do whatever it takes, the most menial task, or uh, and uh, he'll he'll always be there. Great yeah. guy, Miguel. Yeah, Another one um, doesn't get you know the raps that he should have. I've mentioned him before as one of the the real good players I played with, Paul Roberts. Mm. I can't. I just. I've had a mind blank on what what country area he came from. Might have been around Dubbo, mm. but I can't remember. I know he's going out to the game again this weekend too, which is good. Uh, but he was a dynamic player. He was. He was probably about six foot two. He could play centre or back row, but. Mm. No one could tackle him. Yeah. Mm. And he had all the skills of the centres these days, the, the offload, good defender, hit hard in defence, and just a good fella to have around, you yeah. know. And, and it's, it's funny, the um, probably the guys from the country area were more giving of their their personality and time at that mm. like You have people in the city are probably a little bit more wary of people that they meet, whereas the country people, can, I noticed that when they come in, into the squad and that they were sort of more outgoing because that's how they are in the country, you know, and, yep. and it's and they fitted him really well and were really good for the team dynamic as well. Yeah. So, but Paul was yeah very underrated. And he's living local now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh he was at the old boys function the other week. He's he's always there. Yeah. He's first there and last to leave, which is <laughs> how do I know that? Because I was with him. <laughs> <laughs> a great guy, Paulie Roberts. Great, yeah, yeah. great guy. There he is. And and probably the last one, I don't know if you've considered this from the bush, but David Boyle came from down Warilla way down, down the gong, which is, I consider a boy that used to drive an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half to get to training every day from his home. Yeah. That's far enough to be considered outside of Sydney, you know. Right. And, uh, his yep. contribution to the club was magnificent. Another hard guy you love standing next to. Yep. His favourite saying was, you know, in this game, you got to use your body as a weapon, not a shield. And yeah. that was it. That was his one of his great sayings that I always remember. And Boyle was great in teaching him about life out of football. Yes, and transition. Uh, like he was, he was into the study. I was lucky when I was playing; I'd already done my teacher's course and that. But he spoke how you know, he spoke about networking, and that's you know he was a guy that I learnt a lot off just outside yep. outside of football. And as I said, he was my first roommate when on debut and things like that. But he was, um, you know, he was, he was a state of origin player, as was Bundy. So, you know, he's, his record, at not only at South, but in rep football speaks for yeah. itself. And he was one that came to the club and loved it yep. and ended up playing his whole career here. Yeah. You spoke about Warilla. Did you? Do we consider it the bush? And I think you're right. Yes, we do. But being a South Sydney boy and growing up in the inner city, I consider anywhere west of Cleveland Street the bush. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah, honest. true, true. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> it is a long trip, and I know how far it is because he he fell asleep one night at the wheel just before he got home from one of the games and oh. wrapped the car around a telegraph pole. So, Jeez. yeah, obviously a long drive. How was it? Was the telegraph pole all right? I was about to say. <laughs> If he hit the pole with his shoulder, it's yeah. in trouble. 
yeah. he's a hard man. He still yeah, fit yeah. as a fiddle today. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like us three. He's fit yeah, yeah. It looks he's, like he could run out. He's is doing he? a lot of work with the referees today. He is. He hasn't say. toughened them up much, has he? I was going to say, not gonna everyone's say. perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're on the wrong end of a penalty counter, I wouldn't want to be part of the uh, training session on Monday morning yeah. for the refs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when they're getting bagged by the media, instead of sending Graham Annesley out the bat, they should send uh, David out the bat. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight. <laughs> All right, so I've got Davo, Mick Andrews, Paulie Roberts, and Dave Boyle. Very great four. Yeah, great so Do you four. want to tell us about your rugby side? Um, any, you know, you got nah. four players. Listen, I've got something better to talk about. You know what? Bush footy. I, I'm surprised we even bring rugby up on this show. Yeah, very like, true. Truly, Wash your Jesus. mouth out, Monaghan. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> can we can we cut that section out before about the try? We'll just pretend just, I was playing. You're league. playing league, of course yeah, you were. It. I had number three on my back, and I was in the centre, so I could have been playing league. <laughs> and you only sidestep. And you only sidestep thirteen, not fifteen. All right. <laughs> there was no sidestep, hello. In the spirit of Ricky Stewart. Can you talk about something more physical like netball? Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to bring this up as a bit of a tangent. Something I love about bush footy is the names of some of the clubs. So we mentioned um, Cole Turner before. His junior club is the Coonabarabran Unicorns. Terrifying. <laughs> How good is that? I'm pretty sure the double. Dubbo- tell you how to spell it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Dubbo Westside team of the Rabbitohs out in yep. Dubbo. Yep. Then we've got this one's a classic, the Park Spaceman. Yes. With the dish out there. <laughs> Is there there's nothing better? I know the, a few players who could be considered play for the Spaceman. Yeah. Space Cadets, I can tell you. You got the Maitland. We could have filled three grades out there. <laughs> you, you got the Maitland Pumpkin Pickers. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. One of the greats. And sorry to bring up Union again, but one of the clubs we used to play against was the Forbes Platter Pie. The platter pie. Yeah. Platter pie. Only rugby, rugby players would know the, the plural of platypus. <laughs> the league players are just the furry things. <laughs> the, the furry things that look like ducks. <laughs> We've got the uh, the Axeman. Oh, yes, the Arara Valley Axeman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a little bit more intimidating than the unicorns. Yeah, <laughs> just, just slightly. Yeah, I think Big Dog might be having a run with them this year. Yeah, I think I saw some footage of him having a, a run around at training yeah. or something. So yeah. he's like a double-ended unicorn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let me just timestamp that. <laughs> oh dear! What's the plural of unicorn? <laughs> Or the oh. large version. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, do we need to go to a break? We need to have a cut, Mark. Yeah, I think we need to go to a break right now. And that's it. That topic. Here we go. Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store is now located at the Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunurong Road in Maroubra. So if you're looking for anything to do with game day or any Rabbitohs gear at all, make sure you head down there or jump online at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. Now, for those people watching uh, on our website, on the video, you can see here we've got a we've got our Indigenous jersey here, Shannon, and that's now available that, that people can get. And what a story that this jersey he tells um, not only about the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players in our squad, but also some of the kids that participate in our South Cares 
uh, programs as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think it's our best ever Indigenous jersey. I'm really, really proud of it. And I I love it, and I've purchased one, and they're in store now, as you as you said. So head head in store, or just get them online, and you'll you'll have it within a day or two. Uh, the, yeah, the story behind the um, the the whale and the sand goanna, of course, represents the the. the Gadigal people with the Goanna and the and the whale, the Bidjigal people from La Perouse. So um, the way Aboriginal culture is handed down through the generations is through story and through artwork. And Uncle Joe t- t- took those kids through the story of their their totems and their people and the background and what they meant. So it was actually the jersey being made was also a passing down of the knowledge and the tradition. And we can see see that in action on the jersey, which is a very powerful thing. The fact that you know, the jersey that we're wearing has been part of the local generations of those um, two mobs learning about their history and, and tradition, and it's represented in the jersey. Yeah, it's amazing. I love the handprints. There's footprints on the back. You've got the two totems on the on the front. You've got Pemaway on the back as well. Um, and, the yeah, the two flags, the Aboriginal and the Torres Strait Islander the flags on, on the sleeves. It tells a fantastic story. It's as you said, it's one of the, the best we've done. And I think because it incorporates that next generation, it's not just the one designer, it incorporates the next generation. And, and the storytelling, I think it's really special. And Ello, the boys must be excited about getting to wear it two weeks in a row. Oh, they are. I was just about to say, Jez, I love seeing the boys run out in mm. this jersey. Um, it really means something to not just the Indigenous boys. As yeah. I said, everyone's all-encompassing in this glove, and it means the same to all of us when the boys wear this jersey. Mm. Because, um, you know, we know the background of it. We know how it's been put together. We know it means something. Yeah, that's right. And that's, yeah. that's the big thing with it. And, and you know, as you said, not just the Indigenous boys. It's like when you see a, a teammate make his debut, you're so happy and you're proud for him or his 200th game. And it's it's like that for the non-Indigenous boys supporting their Indigenous mates. You yeah. know how much it means to them. Yeah. And so you're really proud and happy for those boys. It, you know, it's such a um, momentous occasion for yeah. them. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a bit off topic, but I've often talked to the guys at South Cares just about how much they've taught me about the Indigenous and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures because I was never taught it at school. It was never part of the curriculum, anything like that. All, all we ever learned about was colonisation and that, yep. that sort of stuff. And... I was really pleased the other day. I was talking to my daughter. I've mentioned her a few times on the show. She's five years old in kindergarten this year. And she came home. She goes, Dad, we're, we do a um, uh, an acknowledgement of country at school now. This is a five-year-old girl. And I yep. said, oh, do you? What, what happens? And she started to show me. And she says, oh, we talk about the Bidjigal and the Gadigal people and this is their land and this is Aboriginal land and we reach to the sky to reach to the the spirits of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are no longer here. And she went on with the whole spiel and I thought, I'm so glad that kids these days are being taught that side of our country's history and that part of our country's culture because it's something that all of us missed out on. Um, Certainly me, I never grew up knowing any Indigenous people within my school, and there may have been, but it was never pointed out to me. Yep. Maybe living in, in Woolloomooloo and in the local area, it might have been different yep. um, for you guys, but I was never exposed to it. I've learnt so much from the guys at South Cares and from, from our players about that culture. I'm so glad that I've got to experience that, but I was so it was so heartwarming the other night. And I was lucky enough that I had this jersey in my bag because we used it for a media shoot, and I yep. took it out and showed Kira. Yeah, and fantastic. I said, this is the Bidjigal and the Gadigal. And she was just absolutely stunned by it. And the, and the first thing she said is, Dad, when are they wearing it? 
Yeah, great. You know, she yeah. was she was so interested in it and wanted to see the boys wearing it. And she she doesn't have any um, genetic ties to Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander cultures, but the fact that they're teaching it at schools and the fact that she's learning about it, I just thought was brilliant. I thought it was so good. It's funny you say that, Jez, because I didn't have any education that way at school mm. either, particularly back obviously at school before you. But rugby league was a great way for me. You know, we used to play against Laparoos in the football. Mm. We played in all the rep sides and came together. And we were just one. Yeah. We're the same as we are now at the Rabbitohs. Yeah. You know, that's that was that's a great thing about what's happened here in South Juniors, yeah. I reckon, over the years. Couldn't agree more. You know, mate, and, yeah. and um, you know, it, it's that's why this – this means a lot to me this weekend too yeah. because this is just part of what I've grown up with. Yeah. Spot you know, on, so. Ella. Yeah, you know, we've got the Redfern All Blacks, Larpery's Panthers, plus Aboriginal kids playing for every junior league club outside of those clubs as well. Just wasn't even a, a consideration. And mm. me growing up at Wollamaloo even more so. And, you know, the only time I really, you know, gave it any thought was when, unfortunately, you, you see them being prejudiced against you. see mm. your mate and you go, holy hell, what's that all about? Yeah. And then you realise these... You know these buggers are competent. It's not as prevalent anymore. It's it's and you're right, Jez. They're teaching it in school. I think it's really important. There was you know I don't want to get too deep on this, but there was never a treaty signed, and you know the, effectively in today's parlance, it would be considered an invasion. They took took over, lost their culture, got put into bloody concentration camps mm. virtually in oh. missions and those kind of things and they, we you know we need to know about those things so we can move forward it's mm. not a it's not a finger pointing or a blame pointing but we mm. we need to be honest about the past so that we can uh, move forward uh, together and they weren't taught in school but it's a great thing that it is being yeah. taught in school and I, I think it's that's a good thing for for everybody yeah no it's fantastic and I guess back to the topic, you can grab yourself one of these fantastic jerseys at shop.rabbitos.com.au or head down to that Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunurong Road in Maroubra and grab yours today. Shannon just said he'd purchase one before. I'd like to see the docket. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> about the docket. Yeah, There's much, that much cotton in it, I tell you what. They, <laughs> took four Indian farmers to, to, to get that jersey, mate. Very <laughs> good. Uh, Now, our next top four topic, the top four teams that you like to beat the most and why. We'll start with you, Ella. Oh, shock horror. Yeah. <laughs> Paying a dollar one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember their names. What are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. They can't either, Ella. No, no. They've well. changed it that many times. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't remember their supporters. I should be able to know. There's only two of them. <laughs> the, the, well, they call themselves the Mighty Roosters. I don't call them the Mighty Roosters. I don't know what we call them. It's, I can't say it on air. No, it's, it's funny. It's funny how the rivalry's grown over the years, you know, with the poaching of, of, of Ron Coote back in the day. That was that was one of the big ones that, that first started it. And, you know, in my opinion of Ron Coote, Ron Coote's one of the greatest gentlemen I've ever met in the game. I was fortunate enough to have my first grade jersey given to me in uh, back by him back in the, the days where we used to, you know, have a luncheon that hand out the jerseys and that. So that's he meant a lot to the Rabbitohs as well. And, um, you know, we know the Roosters haven't had the juniors numbers and that that we've had over the years. So, so they tell us. They always cry about that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's been a rivalry that's really come out and it's been sensationalised, I think, in the last 20 years through the press and things like that. But it's a great thing for the game. Yeah. It is a magnificent Absolutely. thing for the game. You know, um, it, when when you play them, 
and I'm sure it's the same for them. It, it is it, the week, yeah, for the the members, for the players, for the coaches, and everything it is, yeah, the greatest week of yeah. the season. You know, I remember yeah, hearing Benji talk earlier this year on Fox when we had to play the the Roosters, and it was the week after we'd beaten them, and, and they said, "What was your first experience like of the rivalry?" He said, "I've never experienced anything like that." Yeah, yeah. he said. He said, "I knew it was there, but I never knew just." Exactly how strong that rivalry was. And I think I think the the year where it was at its best uh, was two thousand and twelve mm. when they scored two tries in the last two minutes in in round one. Yep. To beat us on our home ground. Yep. And then we went back to our other home ground and beat them in the last in the yeah two tries in the last couple of minutes. You know. Is that when this happened? I've actually just got goosebumps. Me Go too. It doesn't get any better than that. Does yeah, it? And, and, up like Luna Park. Yeah. And, <laughs> and truly in the context, that is probably one of the greatest commentaries I've ever heard. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, Warren Smith it was, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So yep. We, we interviewed him about it a couple of years later and we – we met him down at Erskineville. He lives down in that area, and we, we met with him and asked him to talk us through the try And as a commentator. And he said, one of the arts of commentary is knowing when to go through the gears. And he said, most of it's in first gear. If there's a big hit or something, you'll jump up into second. If someone makes an intercept or a big bust, you're in the third. So it's not often you get to fifth. Yeah. He said, oh, "I was in fifth. He said, and the and the and the the odometer or speedometer, whatever meter it is on your car, was absolutely flailing up in the top levels of the yeah. re- the revs. He said, oh, I was absolutely flying on that try.' And he said, it, he's, it, it gives him goosebumps well, because he is now part of South Sydney folklore. Indeed, that commentary is part of South Sydney folklore. And the thing you can take me now that wouldn't have been rehearsed, not at all. Because yeah. I mean, how's he think it's going to finish? Like That's that? it." Yeah. It was just, it was magnificent, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's been building over the years, and it'll keep building. It'll get even bigger and bigger and bigger yep. as long as we got anything to keep doing with it, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep building it up. And, you know, back when I played, like, I used to play, Salvo was in the other team. It was a couple of years below me from school with the Roosters. I met uh, Trevor Gilmeister, who I get to know pretty well through mm. Salvo and all that. So, yeah, we were mates off the field, obviously, as it still happens today, but. When you got there, when you played the Roosters, no matter where you were on the competition ladder, it was always the hardest game of the year. Yeah, and it and it still is. Yep. It still is, and you know it's the rivalry's even grown now because you know we're both in that top four most seasons now, and um, yeah, you know they're still they talk about the rivalry of. Still twenty one to fourteen the premierships. It's gonna be a long yes. time. Like twenty one to not many. Yeah. They won't Forever. give us <laughs> what's that say? Is it Forever in Our Shadow? Yeah. yeah. Is that the one shadow? We should have wore those T shirts in today. <laughs> I love how the boys on uh Rabbitohs Radio, whenever they mention them, they, they call them the evil empire. <laughs> Well, look, we've spoken about the Roosters. I reckon the four of them are going to be pretty similar between us. Shannon, why don't you tell us your next one outside the Roosters. Is that all right, Jez? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, you you mentioned the Roosters because they poached all of our players and, you know, it was Ron Kurt, like you said, but there were were 
dozens of them. Mm. It was Jim Morgan who played for Australia. They approached him from South. Erwin Walters, Australian hooker. You know, Craig Wing, one of our best juniors. Terry Hill got drafted across there. Brace and Nasta. The list just goes on and on. And it's because, you know, they treated us like we were their poor cousin. Mm. Anytime we had a nice shiny toy, they took it from us, you know. Yeah. And that's why the resentment's so deep. And the team I'm about to name are, are not too dissimilar to that in Manly. Manly, you know, they had the Australian coach. It was a big draw card for lots of our players to go over there. Jim Sedaris comes up, Rookie of the Year, great hooker, gets drafted over to Manly. Of course, he plays for Australia. I don't know whether it's a coincidence or not that the Australian coach played for Manly. Spud Carroll, same sort of thing. Terry Hill, Craig Field. You know, we're, we're, Ian Roberts. Ian Roberts. You know, it goes back to John O'Neill and yeah, Ray Brannigan. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They... Again, you know, we produce these kids just like the, you know, the Roosters used to. They poach them. We we spend all these times bringing through our great nursery that is the South Junior League, and these clubs just treated us like paupers. And the, the, the reality was the club wasn't financially strong at that point, and so they would just come with their checkbooks and they take these players and these players had families to look after, and and they still all of those names I mentioned consider them South Sydney people, mm. but they took them and Manly, Manly were one of the worst at it. I reckon during the nineties and the two thousand. And lots of clubs hate Manly for lots of reasons, but I think South supporters and members, the Rabbitohs members, are, are entitled to have that sense of resentment for Manly doing it. They did it to us for years, mm. and when our, and it was at a time when our club was struggling really too. We weren't having much mm. success in the field. So if you produce a Terry Hill, or mm. you produce a Jim Sedaris, or you produce a Craig Fair, or whoever it might be, mm. a Spud Carroll, you know, to lose them when your side's struggling, a player of that calibre, um, is is catastrophic for the team and it was and we struggled a lot for that because we lost all of our good players and mainly to Manly so because of that reason Ello Manly are definitely right up there with the Roosters for mine yeah mm. no I agree mate I agree we, we managed to get Phil Blake out of there Yes. Back yeah. over this way. <laughs> almost made the others worth yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost even trade isn't it he's such a good player Phil. Yeah. yeah no but you're right you're right it was it was a back in the days where there was no salary cap. It was whoever had the you know was financially best off. I mean, I wish there was no salary cap today because we're in, we're in the position some of those other clubs were. We'd be, we'd be having a field day. Yes, we'd throw the checkbook everywhere we wanted. But yep. but you know what? We've got to be fiscally responsible now, which we are as a club. We're growing. We're sold off the field. Obviously, the cap keeps everyone well. Well, most, most clubs. Most clubs. <laughs> so for what's their name again? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. What are the two clubs you've previously mentioned? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, different position now. It's amazing how things change though, in, in different eras. And, you know, I suppose they will again in the next 20 years. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hello. Yeah. Uh, just, to, you know, talking about the capital, it's a good level. But it's just another reason why we're so fortunate to have our strong junior league because we're still bringing through, you know, Cameron Murray's a great great example of that. Campbell Graham, you know, still coming through our system. We've got, you know, some great kids in our SG ball side. You know, you've got Davey Mawali on the way through, Talos Duncan, those kind of kids. Our junior league just continues to produce them mm. year after year. And in the salary cap era, that's obviously really important. Well, it is. It's important for our culture too, Shannon. I mean, we've always spoken about the tradition we try to cultivate here at the club. Well, not try to, we do. We cultivate a you know, great tradition and, and culture, and that's that's what the new players coming in do. And when you've brought them through your system, as you know, they don't want to go anywhere else, yep. you know? And you can't all keep all of them all the time, as we know, but we do want to. And we just think, and I know Jason, who's going to be our coach next year, with these young ones coming through, we've, you know, 
we sort of handpick these guys. We do a lot of research into who they are when they come through the juniors. If we bring anyone else in from outside where we have to sometimes, you know, there's a lot of background checking done to make sure that they fit who we are as a club. Yeah, well, well said. And that's important. And because uh, that's they're the most important decisions we make. Yes. Is the players we bring in and, and the staff. Yes. So you've got to have the right people and obviously the right skill sets. Yep. But that's important, and that's important for how we keep keep guys together. Hello, I, I, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but please forgive me, Jez. I no, just... no, no. Tangents are welcome. <laughs> okay. You know, that culture of, and particularly the young ones, you know, I, I, I've heard lots of coaches say here at the Rabbitohs that the, the local juniors are the ones that will throw themselves on a hand grenade for the club. They just bleed red and green. They'll go that extra mile for the club. And I just want to get, commend you and a guy named Joe O'Callaghan for the, for the pathways that we've set up with our junior reps. We've taken control of our junior rep system, the elite pathway. And the difference that's made in our junior league, I coach junior league here from from sixes to about twelves, and then again mascot from about the fourteens to they're about seventeen or eighteen in my boys' um, side. And to see the transformation of our junior rep pathways has been amazing. And one of the guys who's helped Joe in that is a guy named Brent Hill, a guy who uh, his father Graham Hill is probably. You know, he's the Wayne Bennett of junior rep coaches. He, he, won- coached, he coached me in the SG ball. Nixie. Yeah, Nixie, yeah, the yeah. great Nixie. Um, he's won more premierships in junior reps than, you know, the SG balls and the Harold Matts, Jersey flags. Um, he was New South Wales under-19s coaches, did all of those kind of things. And his son Brent now has inherited that skill of just being able to pick good kids with good character who have the potential to go on and play first grade and and Brent's supporting Joe in that role and you've empowered Joe and you've overseen the the evolution of our Pathways program but that's going to hold our club in good esteem for for years to come so unlike these clubs like Roosters and Manly that have to buy their players, we won't have to do that. Mm. Yeah and that's part of the process and you know Jason Demetrio he's, he's had a big role in it too that's what he wanted because, you know, you look back at our eras like in the 70s when we went in the 60s, 70s when we were winning premierships. They all, it was different back then. They had to come through local juniors. Yep. But we had the best. We didn't always have the most, but we had the best. And even back in the 80s, we had a pretty successful sort of uh, era there. But it came on the back of local juniors again, mate. Mm-hmm. And, and we will always continue to do that. And, you know... Uh, it's just the start of a, a new section of our history here at the club, you know, with our partnership with the juniors to run these programs, with with Keith and Luke and the board supporting, you know, everything that we're doing. You know, we, we've you know, there's a lot of consultation going on how it would work, and you know, you know, the benefits for all of us, and we all we all knew because we all trusted each other. Yes, and that's the biggest thing, and that's uh, one thing that we really have now here. Uh, between you know our, our senior club and the junior club, and I hate to put it that way because we're all one, but we've really got that trust now, yes. and and we want to keep building on that trust, and and mm. and the club only benefits from it, right, from junior bunnies or under sixes right through to our NRL team. That, that that that's a good point. Like you know, you look at the evolution of our club since we we build up and and got strong, and we can resource as much as we want. We're not only an NRL team anymore. We've got our uh, New South Wales Cup team, uh, the Knockout Effect Cup team. We've got our women's team in the Harvey Norman's Women's Premiership. We've got our under twenty one. We've got um, a physical disability rugby league team. We've got our elite uh, pathways teams. 
Um, we've got our own um, Oztag competition, our own touch football competition. Where the, where the kids, if they're playing touch and Oztag, they can go away to the State Cup and represent Rabbitohs. So we're really a genuinely a club now. We're not an elite team. Yeah. Some of the NRL teams are just that, are just teams. Manly, for example, they've got their NRL team. They farm everything out to Blacktown. And, and even in their... You know, they're, they're feeder teams in Blacktown. They've, they've got a mats and balls team full of kids from Blacktown. We're, we're a club that encompasses our whole community, regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of physical ability. Everybody gets a chance to, if they're good enough, go through to, to the Rabbitohs. Well, that's what makes me proud of the place, mate. Like, And, you know, the the impact that South Cares has had in helping us to provide to the community and things yep. like that. Like, um, you just walk around now, like, you know, it, it comes it comes with how the team's performing as well, which helps, you know. Uh, but you, you walk around the streets and people want to stop and talk and things like that. You see people that with a Rabbitoh cap on, a Rabbitoh gear on, you just give them a nod and a wink when you, you know, that's, you know, it's just, it's a very, very strong brand, but it's a strong brand because what it stands for. Yes. And it stands for everything you spoke about there. And, uh, you know, it's great to be a part of it. And, you know, it's up to us as custodians to keep building that. Indeed. Um, you know, and, and get it to the next level where we can take it. Um, and, That'll stop these other clubs doing what they they did to us back in the day where we were struggling. Yes, although they won't get us anymore. No. They won't. So we've said the Roosters, Manly. What about you, Jez? You you want to add to the mix? The the one at my uh, at the top of my list was the Dragons. So I grew up in um, St George Territory, so I had it thrown in my face all the time when I was a young bloke that I should be supporting the Dragons. And then at one stage in in the nineties, they absolutely tore my heart into three or four pieces when they signed Mark Ellison. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love beating the Dragons. They must have had a good Chinese restaurant in their Leagues Club over there at Cobra. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> i got to say there, Jez, and, and you know, um, I went to the Dragons. Well, the club the club was struggling, the Rabbitohs at the time, and there was no money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't only myself. It was, was Les Davis and Phil Blake, Mario, mm. uh, all had to go to different clubs, you know. Mm. And... Um, you know, for me, I wanted to finish my career playing over in England and I needed to keep playing first grade to do that, yep. you know. And um, so, you know, it, it, I didn't want to leave the club, obviously, but, mm. but I had to in the end. And I enjoyed my time at St. George. Mm. Um, you know, I enjoyed just playing football anywhere I went. Mm. But, um, you know, that was probably, yeah, that was probably a bit different to these other ones, you know. But, yeah, I just wanted to set the record straight. <laughs> so you keep talking. Basically, uh, he wants to keep getting invited to the to the Dragons reunions look, is what he's saying. I'm going to go have a quiet tear in my office later <laughs> just to get over the childhood trauma. Uh, any more, Jess? Any? I do. I've got a couple more. So the Panthers. There's just something about the Panthers that makes me just want to beat them. I don't know if it's the fact that they've been playing good footy over the last couple of years or what it is. I'm, I'm just not sure, but... It might have something to do with the fact that Shannon played from. <laughs> <laughs> you should be thankful to them, Jess. I did them a favour. <laughs> they took me away from the Rabbitohs. I, yeah. It's no coincidence the Rabbitohs started winning at that time. Uh, I, no, I think the rivalry comes because they let him come back here. <laughs> Yeah, very good. We had great rivalry back back when, in the day in the 80s between the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Mm. 
because you know they, they, they were again they were the top teams. We we're in the top top yeah. teams with the Raiders. They were probably the four top teams in that yep, period. Yeah, and there was always great rivalry, but it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, built out of hatred. It was mm. built out of uh, respect for yeah. each other. I think you know three three great packs there too. Yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah. In, in your era, you know, yeah, obviously yeah. South Pack with the Rampling Brothers, Boyley, you've mentioned Les Davidson, and later on Ian Roberts and guys yeah. like that. That's a fantastic. Yeah. That's almost a state of origin on international packs. But they had like they had in, almost international packs too. Well, the, the, ti- the, the well, the, the Tigers had Blocker and Kerry Hemsley. They had Ciro. Brooks, Ciro, Wayne Pearce, ben. yeah. Benny Elias as yeah, a hooker. That's a representative. Yeah, yeah. Pack right and there. then, then the Bulldogs had Tunksy, Joey yeah. Thomas was their hooker. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dunn. Yes. Folks. Yeah. Um, Gillespie. Gillespie. The Wild yeah. Man Robinson. Yeah. Robinson. <laughs> Robinson. Yeah. Langmack. Langmack. Yeah. Langmack Lang was the yeah. Wasn't yeah. a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's another reason for the rivalry. <laughs> Shout out to Langers, a fantastic fella. <laughs> Don't come looking for me, Langers, please. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that was just built out of respect for each other, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you you don't, you know, you know, I, I, you don't begrudge them. They're both struggling at the moment, those clubs respectively, you know. But you, you know, if the Roosters down there, you wouldn't worry. But if it was, you know, the Tigers that you hope, you're going to get better. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> Speaking well, of poor old Langers. in the next twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of poor old Langers, I've got to tell this story. So we didn't have, we didn't have a great team back in two thousand and three when when he was coaching. We were only winning three games a season, and I remember going to a press conference with him after a game one day, and we'd been beat by forty. And he was getting pretty used to it, going into these things, and. He's in there with uh, Brian Fletcher, who was always such a great support to him <laughs> as captain. And uh, I saw Fletcher up in the Magic Round the weekend. He's, yeah, did he good. see you though? That's the question because he, he had crossed eyes the whole time he was there. I think. No, no, he's a good man, Fletcher. <laughs> I think he speaks only of you. He speaks only you too, Jess. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, Langers, he's walking to the press conference and I turn around and I said, are you right here? Do you want to talk through what you want to say? No, nah, I'll be right. I'll be right. And he's walked in and he sat down and they said, oh, what'd you make of that game, Langers? And he sat there and he slumped on the table. I've been divorced twice. I've gone broke three times. My kids don't talk to me. This feels worse than all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy dooly. And I'm there and I'm like, oh, no. Here's oh. another back page. <laughs> There's about eight different headlines right there, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. One of Fletcher's best, too. I think it was after a charity shield, and we'd been beaten. The press conference went okay, and as we're walking out, he's he's turned around. He wasn't at the table anymore. Just walking out the door, and as he turned around, he just said, oh, it's like Groundhog Day. And all the journos just lit up. Oh, oh Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs in for another tough year, according to Captain Fletcher. Get on your feet. <laughs> Doesn't that inspire your members <laughs> with confidence on the eve of the season starting? That's going to be a luxury like underdog. Oh, yeah. dear. I had one more team on my list, and it was the Broncos. So they had the wood on us for so long. And in recent times, uh, we've been able to turn that round over the past decade or so. And I just love beating them every time that we play them, probably almost as much as Wayne does, I reckon. <laughs> I why, why would that be? I didn't quite break out into a dance in the change room. I was going to say, yeah, thank Christ. 
<laughs> Jez and Wayne doing the tango, wouldn't that be? I'll tell you what, talk about headlines, that would be uh, good. I promise you, uh, in the first weekend of October, we win the comp. I'm going to tango with Wayne <laughs> on like, field. I look forward to I'll that. I promise you. He'll be like to shake his head. <laughs> He'll be getting a hug. Don't worry about that. There'll be a big Jezebel hug coming his way if we, if we can win the comp this year. So uh, any other nominations, gents? No, you've covered them all, Jez. I reckon beating any of the other 15 teams is pretty good. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so we can do I've that I've got to say, uh, beating any team, the young Henrys is nice after the game. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. They look like they enjoyed him in the dressing room, Ella. <laughs> Well, well uh, that was a bit of a treat for me. It's been a long time since I've been in a in a dressing room, you know, for the team song and the coach debriefing. And I appreciate you and Wayne and Brock uh, inviting me in. Um, the boys were enjoying Young Henry, and a couple of boys had to have a couple to celebrate. What what, what was all that about? Um, oh, well, um, Tane was on debut. Okay, so he he had a, a beer. And uh, we had Joy Arrow scored his first try for the season. Ah, fantastic. And yes. Keon as well. And Keon. Yeah. They both scored their first try for the oh, season. So they all had a couple of yeah. sips and drank the beer responsibly. Yes. Excellent. You wouldn't want to spill a drop of that fine yeah. uh, amber ale that is young Henry's. <laughs> Absolutely. Righto. We'll be back after this break. Now, Shannon, you've been in the news for your financial purchases lately. Did you purchase your new house on your Rabbitohs Plus credit card? Uh, no, I didn't, yes, uh, because my wife has maxed it out already. So, twice. She's got two Rabbitohs Plus credit cards. But they, fortunately, they've got fantastic rates. The charges are low, so uh, no harm, no foul. But, yeah, no, they're fantastic credit cards. They're, they're great. All the Rabbitohs Plus products are fantastic. Uh, of course, you can get the 15% travel discount with What If. You can get the... Car insurance, uh, car insurance, home insurance, car loans, home loans, all of those things. So I encourage everyone to have a look at the Rabbitohs Plus products. Yeah, absolutely. You can head to plus.rabbitohs.com.au to check all of those out and uh, hopefully you get a chance to pay off that card sooner rather than later, Shannon, because after reading the story about your house, I think you might need to. Now, our trivia question from last week. Steve Maven, host of the uh, Rabbitohs radio podcast. Uh, how many first-grade matches did Mavo play for the Rabbitohs and how many points did he score? Now, our hint was that he scored more points than he played games. So his strike rate was better than 100 there. So what are your guesses, gentlemen? I think he played 88 games for the Rabbitohs. And how many points? 112. Close. I was going to say exactly the same as Shannon. <laughs> because I forgot about the trivia question. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go 89 games and 116 points. Oh, you should have gone the other way, LA. Oh. It was 76 games and spot on 100 points. He scored oh. 25 tries for the Rabbitohs. So a pretty good strike rate there. One every three games for Mavo. Not bad. Yep. Um, and we heard in his 
junior grades, it was the other way around. It was three tries every game rather yeah. than one try every three games. So, Did he tell you that or did you check the stats? <laughs> I've learned all that from listening to Rabbitohs Radio <laughs> Podcast on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Uh, they do a great job on that show, the boys, and uh, it's always a bit of fun. And they dive into the footy um, a bit more. But we've done that a bit today, which has been a bit different for us, which is good. But um, next week's trivia question. Now, because we're playing in Dubbo this week and we've spoken about this man a lot today, it's one of Dubbo's finest in Les Davidson. How many first grade games did he play for South Sydney? Now, he played eight seasons with us between 1983 and 1990. So something to think about mm. for next week. How many first grade games did Les Davidson play for South Sydney? Not interested in the Sharks. We should always also put in another one. How many weeks was he suspended? In that time? <laughs> how many games was he eligible to play? And how many did he actually play? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Anyway, do your homework uh, for next week, gents. While you're uh, driving out to Dubbo, you can have a think about that, Shannon, and um, we'll get your answer next week. <laughs> While you're flying, you'll go a lot quicker. You'll have to think yeah. quicker than Shannon. Are you driving, eh? Yeah, mate, just a man of the people, you know, yeah. just going out the same line, stopping in a few towns on the way through. Driving up on his own, man of the people. Driving. <laughs> <laughs> Driving people mad. Yeah. <laughs> I invited all my friends, and that's why I'm driving up alone. <laughs> Very good. We'll be back in a second. Now, speaking of heading out to Dubbo, if you're looking to get out to the game this weekend, what if is your best friend? They'll be able to help you find some accommodation and potentially some flights if you wanted to fly out there. They've got great deals on accommodation flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, if you go to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs, use the promo code Rabbitohs15, you can save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but it's it's uh, whatif.com slash Rabbitohs, and the code is Rabbitohs15, and we're expecting well over 11,000 people there. will be close to capacity for this game. Tickets, um, we're told, have sold out. There might be a, a couple here and there. There might be... Uh, is there any corporate hospitality yet, if anyone wanted to head out? Uh, that's all sold out too, actually, yep. Jez. Yeah, so we are at capacity. Uh, we're working with the state government to try and um, give us a few concessions so that we can open up a few more, because I think we could... The capacity that we're working within with the government at the moment it's 11,300 but I'm sure we could sell double probably triple that for this match as is the interest but um, you know sold out just about everything we've got all the corporate hospitality sold out grandstand sold out general admission sold out Uh, probably the one thing we do have a ticket available for is our corporate luncheon on the Friday at Dubbo RSL with the local Dubbo Chamber of Commerce we're going to have um, JD, our assistant coach, some of our uh, legendary players are going to be there and talking about the importance of rugby league to the community and the synergies between uh, sport and business. So it should be a great luncheon at WRSL. You can uh, go to their website and find information on uh, on that event. Oh, sorry, you can go to also one, directly to the ticketing site, which is 123ticks.com.au, and there's still tickets available for the luncheon there with Rabbitohs Legends on Friday uh, at midday. What a great initiative too that the second grade is playing out there before the first. Yeah, grade. absolutely. Is it eleven thirty kickoff? Eleven thirty kickoff yep. into a two o'clock great. Sunday afternoon. How good's that? Yeah. Fantastic. It is really good. Um, a, what, it's a good what, reason for everybody to get there early if you do have tickets to the game and that. 
part of the reason it just makes it a great event part of the reason it staggers the ingress as well like so when the people come so that you don't get caught with everyone coming just before kickoff of the NRL and mm. it's certainly a good reason to be there nice and early I had a look at that uh, New South Wales Cup team list this week Ella, very strong. Yeah, we're starting to get a few few of our players yeah. back. As I spoke earlier in the in the program about that month where we've been a bit unsettled, well, we're starting to come back, and mm. it's uh, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Yeah, that's and right. That's, that's what it's all about. We're building towards that, and a uh, good start this week. Uh, but you know the the reason why it's so good playing at two o'clock in the afternoon is going to be nineteen degrees. Mm. Uh, I've had a look at the weather forecast. I think it's four degrees about five o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, is that yeah, right? Good. Yeah, well, it gets colder in there. Maybe maybe a slight exaggeration there, but it's going to be one degree overnight. I know that. Yeah. Well, it won't be one degree in the corporate lounge. I can tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got the the pleasure of uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of flying out to the game with our New South Wales Cup team. I've managed to secure a, a seat on that plane, so I'll I'll be telling them all about the try that I scored um, at Apex Oval and how they each one of them all seventeen need to replicate the try that I scored so we can flog Penrith by seventeen tries to nil on the weekend. Jeez, if they replicate your rugby. Performances, we no chance. Of <laughs> There'll probably be a, a few penalties given away for rucking and mauling when yes. he was not getting off the tackle player. We weren't speaking about rugby anymore on this show, Jeremy. <laughs> sorry, Mark. Sorry, mate. Right, it's uh, whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use Rabbitohs15 to save that 15% on select hotels. What if it's Aussie for travel? It's time for Ello's Joke of the Week. Okay. Been working on this for a fortnight. Oh, I did. I forgot the trivia part, but I knew it was my turn for the joke. Very good. Young Paddy came out from Ireland. Okay, and he was um, only in Australia. His second day in Australia was Sunday afternoon on Bondi Beach. And he's got down there. He's gone in for the swim. He's come back and sat out, sat up on a, one of one of the benches on the sand because he wasn't used to the sand. He looked, you know, getting all over his feet and that. So, just sat on this bench in his budgies, just sit like that. Left his t-shirt on, you know, worried about the sunburnt, but left his legs just out in the sun. He's fallen asleep with jet lag, and he's woken up with the worst sunburn you've ever seen in your life. There were blisters all over it. Oh. Oh, it was terrible, you know. Anyway, so. He didn't know what to do. He could hardly walk. So the lifesavers came over and gave him a little bit of medical treatment on the spot. But they got an ambulance for him. Okay. So they've had to take him up to Prince of Wales Hospital. Anyway, they've wheeled him into into the emergency section and they've uh, they've got him down lay on the table. And the and the doctor comes in with the nurse. And uh, well, he said, "Oh, this is one of the worst I've ever seen. This one." He said, yeah, he said, terrible burn. He said, yeah. He said, how long are you? He said, oh, I'm not sure. He said, it could have been about you know, three or four hours. I've been out in the sun. I fell asleep and it basically woke me up. He said, okay. He said, okay, nurse, what we need straight away, we need some morphine, we need some saline, we need some disinfectant, and we need some Viagra. Okay. <laughs> and the nurse said, goodness me. That's a strange one. But she said, well, said I, yeah. He said, well, and then the disinfectant for the infection. Okay, I need the saline to wash it all out. Yeah. He said, Viagra, it's the only way we can keep the sheets off his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. 
Very good. I was getting worried there. Uh, the old tent bowl, eh? Oh, I had, had my finger over the red dump button. Yes. Very good. Back to you next week, Shannon. Indeed, the yes. The fear settles in. Bring it on. We'll be back in a second. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We're keen to hear your topic suggestions for our top four topics each week. So feel free to tweet those to us at SSFC Rabbitohs. Use the hashtag top four podcast or jump on rabbitohs.com.au slash podcast and fill out the form on that page. Please, if you get the chance, give us a review and a a rating on your podcast apps that helps us uh, with the search engines on the podcast apps to move up the the, uh, podcast rankings. And don't forget to tune into the other podcasts on our Rabbitohs podcast network. You can get our media conferences each week, including Wayne's press conference pre-game, which is always entertaining. There's the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider. And don't forget the Rabbitohs radio podcast with Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, and of course, Brownie there, Darren Brown. They talk some footy. They have a few laughs. They did a great interview last week with Reg Richardson. I don't know if you boys have uh, listened to that yet, but Reg is a real character and uh, they did a, a great chat with him so if uh, you're listening to our podcast make sure you download that episode and and get to meet reg richardson he's a, an absolute character I, and a, a south sydney man through and through i hope reggie had his red and green spectacles on he talked yeah. about his he was telling a story about the glasses when he wanted them made he had to get them specially made and they said no worries we'll get those done for you but you need to order a minimum of a thousand oh really glasses <laughs> and did so he? he got a mate oh really <laughs> Wow. He's, he's got the Morris Miner that's all decked out in he red does. and green with the big rabbit on the side. And he told guy. some great stories about his fundraising and about his efforts with charity as well. He's he's raised tens of millions of dollars for different charities over the years, and yep. a fantastic man. And does some is uh, a great supporter of the Rabbitohs, and it's great to have him as as part of the crew here. And they did a great job interviewing him, the boys. So. Yeah, he, we spoke about you know support for our Indigenous brothers and sisters, and Reg has been great, particularly around Indigenous health. He's he's committed tens of millions of dollars to Indigenous health, and you know over in Western Australia, Queensland, New South Wales, he's fantastic supporter of Indigenous causes and and the Rabbitohs, of course, through um, through lots of different ways. Mm, very good. Well, thank you for joining us again this morning, gentlemen. Hope you've enjoyed the chat. Once again, it's been great, Jez. Yeah, um, thanks, Jez. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Luke Carroll as well. He's going to be our ground announcer of, uh, for Indigenous Round. I hope he turns up to the game at the yeah. on the right day, the right time, because <laughs> yeah. he didn't turn up to the podcast on time. But uh, hopefully, he gets it right then. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they told me he's, he's a really quiet bloke, but this was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't utter a word. For those of you who aren't aware, uh, Luke was supposed to be at today's podcast, but uh, was otherwise occupied. Obviously, yeah. well, hopefully we can get him on next week leading into Indigenous Round. It'll be a great chat with Luke about his acting career and presentation career and as you say he's going to be taking control of the mic on field next week. Hopefully he can live up to the bloke that normally does it. So if, No it chance. He's <laughs> no chance. But he's getting paid twice as much as you, Jez. He's two getting, Cokes and two pies. Yeah, he's getting two pies at, a, at full time. Yeah. By the way, if anyone sees him out there today, can you get him to give us a ring to tell us where he is? <laughs> we just want to make sure he's alright. I rang him three times today and he hasn't uh, Oh, very good. (laughs) Very good. Maybe you should have rang him, Jess. (laughs) Harsh but fair. Oh, very good. Well, we'll be back next week with more from the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. We will see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by Wadi, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.